Well, LSU had a huge recruiting weekend picking up two players at a position of need. And it's not just about what has happened. It's about what is to come very soon with one of the most highly recruited players in the 2024 class. So coming up on today's edition of Locked in LSU, Brian Smith will join the fun. You are locked on LSU, your daily podcast on the LSU Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, thanks for making Locked On LSU your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Plus, do not forget, you can also check us out on YouTube as well. My name is Caroline Fenton. I am your host, as I am every single day. You can follow me on Twitter at CarolineFenton1. And today's edition of the State of Recruiting, a little bit of a roundup of what's been going on around the recruiting side of things of LSU football, is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every single time they win in the regular season. So check it out at FanDuel.com slash on. Joining Locked On LSU now, my absolute favorite Locked On's official recruiting insider, Brian Smith, joins the party. Brian, it's been a whirlwind of a couple of weeks. I mean, not just for LSU, really across the entire Southeastern Conference in recruiting. But LSU hosted Bayou Splash Weekend a couple of weekends ago. From everything that I have heard, it was an absolute hit. What have you heard from your end? Same thing. I mean, they yeah. got some commitments. I got a, a half page of notes here just to keep everybody in line. I usually don't need to write notes for shows, but the LSU did really well. Let's get into a couple of key things here. Awesome. LSU needed offensive linemen. They got one of the kids out of Texas that I like, mm-hmm. Mr. Ori. I think he's got a tremendous upside as a tackle or a guard. That was probably the biggest thing they needed in this class was O-linemen. So that's building well. And yeah. they also are looking at a couple other kids from that to commit soon in addition to Jawani Watkins and a few others. Obviously, we'll get into Colin Simmons and whatnot here in a minute. But they did something that I've been talking about. The last couple staffs didn't do very well. Build relationships with the local kids. Mm -hmm. And I've discussed how they're taking all their official visits from in-state kids into the season and all that. And this was a barometer for it. They're going to get at least 10 out of the top 15 kids in Louisiana this year. A conservative marker. I think that's all you can ask, really. Oh, yeah, yeah. 15 out of 15 is obviously ideal, but 10 out of 15, I think any LSU fan would take. I, If I had to guess, Caroline, over, under, I would go over as well. So there's a couple of kids we'll see. But, I mean, again, 10 out of 15 in a state that has top five per capita to the NFL, Mm -hmm. that's going to work out well for you more often than not. So it just comes down to a couple of kids that we'll get into, but Mm -hmm. they were working on relationships. That's what I've heard. They did well in-state, and they also did bring some kids over from Texas that were pretty darn important. So it was really good. Uh, another name that uh, that LSU signed after that weekend, John David LaFleur in the 2025 class. That was one guy that I don't think anyone was too worried about. But my biggest takeaway from that was you got to get those guys. The in-state guys, the legacy guys, especially at a position that's so important to this Brian Kelly and Mike Denbrock offense, the tight end position. I don't know how how much really that moved the needle in Louisiana, just other than name recognition. But I think the biggest thing for me was just guys that you need to get, you got to get. 
That's true. I remember his dad being recruited. I mean, he was a big time player. Yeah. It's an, it's an interesting deal when you get kids like that. Cause they're to your point often taken for granted. Mm-hmm. And then if they do go to another school, the fan base, the pitch works, eh, especially with LSU fans are a little thin skinned on that. They come out in droves, but he committed early. That's one less guy you got to worry about in the next class. He's walked in with the Tigers. So good for LSU. They're 25 class. I'm sure will be good. And I'm sure they want the legacies to be a part of that. You mentioned Jelani Watkins, four-star wide receiver out of Humble, Texas. He committed right after the Bayou Splash weekend. I'm pumped about this kid. What makes him so great? That is lightning in a bottle. Um, he, he's... He is not a fun guy to deal with. He'll play outside. He'll play in the slot. He can be a punt returner. Do not kick it to him. I forget the kid's name, but the guy about 10 years ago, the little 5'5 five, five guy that LSU had that ran the kickoffs and all that. That's who he reminds me of. Just the electric. Great balance after contact. He finds a way to get the end zone. Any way he gets the ball, even a swing pass or a screen, he'll make four guys miss and then score. And he's playing in Houston. Mm-hmm. Now that's as good a competition as you're pretty much going to get in the United States. Right. And he still runs by everybody. That is a big-time football player. Any other names that I haven't mentioned that you think were either big gets for Bayou Splash Weekend or guys that maybe their radar turned a little more toward LSU after that past weekend? Uh, this is a kid that LSU fans are probably – they want and just – they need him around the program as many times as possible. He's a combo player. Tylen Singleton, he's from Manny, Louisiana, in the northern part of the state. That is a dude – he could play the hybrid spot. He could play Will. He's a really good player. Um, I, I really think the key, in, and I'm, I've heard different things, Dominic McKinley, we've talked about him before. Yeah. He's from right up the road. Where does Texas might have the lead there? That is going to be an interesting recruitment all the way through. He's probably the best prospect in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. A long way to go. But he was on campus. They had a good relationship to begin with, and the mom was the key there. She came down with him, so that's good. The other thing that it was kind of interesting, they got – Joseph Cryer, the offensive lineman flipped. He was an old Miss kid. Like I remember watching his film. It's taken for granted. A lot of these kids, they come from programs. They're kind of overlooked. When I first saw Ole Miss got and watched film, I'm like, man, this is a good player. LSU screwed yeah. up here. Well, they came back around, and they got him. So don't take that for granted. You've got to get offensive linemen. This is always going to be a trench league. So that's important. They're, they need at least four linemen in this class. Cryer will be a starter at LSU one day. And that's whenever I look at maybe not very highly ranked players, the twos and three stars that don't have a ton of offers. Maybe it's more group of five rather than power five offers that get offers from LSU. My first thought is, are they overlooked? Like is every other power five program or is every other you know, school within his geographical footprint, just overlooking him? Does this coaching staff just see something in this player that nobody else has seen? But really the consensus that I've heard, and I, it sounds like you agree, Joseph Cryer was just overlooked. I don't understand what it was. Uh-huh. I don't know if his coach he's didn't promote size. him. Uh, well, he, he's a big old boy. I would not want yeah. to irritate him. So <laughs> I don't know. But Louisiana's famous for that. You know the state. You went to school down there. There's a bunch of little towns and little suburbs. Every school's got somebody. Mm-hmm. The kids that get promoted are the ones that go out on the on the recruiting trail, go to camps and combines. But not everybody does that, especially in northern Louisiana. They get no attention. And I, I talk to people up there all the time that wish that me and other guys would go up there. They're just there's just not that much population. It's hard to make it a trip. So there's going to be a player or two every year that Louisiana has, like, 
again, I know I've mentioned this before, the Honey Badger, I think it was like a two-star, three-star. Justin Jefferson, well. same way, two-star. Yeah, yeah, same deal. I mean, Offensive rookie of the year. Yeah, he's, he's going to be a Hall of Fame player. I don't think there's any doubt that Louisiana has a lot of those guys. you got to do your own due diligence. Mm-hmm. It's a very unique state. You mentioned Dominic McKinley, how he might be leaning toward Texas, and that school has been a thorn in my side, taking some of the top players in state, Arch Manning, maybe being one of them, if anyone's you know ever heard of him. Texas might be another school that could be a thorn in LSU's fans' sides for another top player in the 2024 class, and I want to get into that with Brian coming up next. So I have to tell you all about bird dogs because, first of all, They make you look good. They've got stretch khaki shorts that are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. They do the exact same thing as maybe like a Lululemon short might, but they fit so much better. And they fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. So it's kind of the best of both worlds that you get the look of a khaki short, but you get the comfort of an athletic short. They fixed this issue of two different kinds of shorts by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Plus, Bird Dogs uses the anti-stink and sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. I don't know about y'all, it is hot in Tennessee, and I know it's only going to get worse over the next couple of months. So if you're out and about, if you're out at football games, if you're out running errands and you are sweating just like I am, then Bird Dogs has got you covered. So one of the best things about Bird Dogs is right now you can get one of their free hats, and it is super cute. It's a white tech hat. It fits really well with the Bird Dog logo on the front. So it's just a little bit of uh, an extra gift. Not only are you getting a great pair of shorts, but you're also getting a hat as well. So go to birddogs.com slash lockedoncollege, or you can enter the promo code lockedoncollege, all one word, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-C-O-L-L-E-G-E, for a free white tech hat with your order. That's birddogs.com slash lockedoncollege, or promo code lockedoncollege for a free white tech hat. You don't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Well, thanks again for making Locked on LSU your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. One of the most highly touted, highly talked about, highly hyped up players in the 2024 class is Colin Simmons, a five-star edge rusher out of Duncanville, Texas. This is not the first time that we've talked about Colin Simmons, and I'm hoping that it's not the last time that we be. talk about Colin it Simmons. Won't be. He's officially announced that his his announcement day of where he is going to commit is tomorrow afternoon, on Thursday afternoon. A lot of the crystal balls were kind of 50-50 Texas and LSU. The closer it gets to commitment dates, kind of lean Texas a little bit. Miami has also entered the fold. What's the latest that you've heard on Colin Simmons? Hook him. Oh, no. Horns down to that. You asked uh, for the honest truth, sweetie. I'm I know. Gonna... I I need the, the tough truth. You can give it to me. This is one of those deals, and it, it depends on who you talk to. Um, and this is a very sensitive subject in our society. This is nil. Well, um, it is what it is. You know, I. This may or may not be over. I don't know his family situation. I do not know Colin. Never spoken to him. 
But if it's NIL, the way that like I know one of the kids at Texas got last year, and I was told seven figures. Like, look, Whew. yeah, that I don't know. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, if it's anything close to that, like, what are you, what are you gonna say? Yeah, why wouldn't you go there? And look, <laughs> I, I, I can't be too overly mad about it because. LSU has been in that same position several times and we've kind of come out on the other side of it in a positive way. And that's what so many people have said about the LSU baseball team, that the LSU baseball team just bought the national championship. And you know what? If they did, so be it. Everyone's doing it. Everyone can do it. We just did it better than you. But I guess my biggest question with that is what kind of money, what kind of NIL offers could Texas give that an LSU, a Texas A&M, a Miami couldn't? It's not that they can or can. It's just they chose to. Mm-hmm. Uh, LSU's got some deep booster pockets, too. But on the other side of that, Texas is oil money. That's just, yeah. it's insane. So there's a handful of kids, for whatever reason, that coaching staff wanted last year. And I heard some of the NIL stuff that I was like, whoa. And one of the kids I knew. And this year, for whatever reason, LSU's trended for Simmons six months. Mm -hmm. And Texas was always considered to be the team right there with them. But the NIL money, from what I've heard, changed it. I don't know what LSU did or didn't offer. I haven't haven't inquired. But again, we're in August. Caroline, it is not December. Right. And there's many different things that can happen. So... This is one that you and I will discuss regardless of what Mr. Simmons does down the road. Man, Texas, just picking up some of the biggest names in these future classes. You, you're going to be mad about a few others, too. I'm just going to I, That does not surprise me in the slightest. Once Arch Manning made up his mind, I thought, all right, this is just the first domino to fall. Because I know that there's four and five star receivers, tight ends, defensive players all across the country that were looking at where he was going and following suit. But, hey, I mean, welcome to the SEC, Texas. That's right. They they better be ready because everybody hates them anyway. So they, they need to bring in all the players they can. It, it only makes us hate them even more, but that's fine. That, all is fair in love, war, and football. <laughs> the, the two schools, LSU and Texas, don't get along much anyway. So that's that's very true. Yeah, exactly. So it's one thing that LSU and Texas A&M fans can agree on. Yes. Horns down. (laughs) Coming up next, I mean, I think we have a a funeral to plan, maybe a couple funerals to plan around college football. How does that affect recruiting? I want to get into that with Brian coming up next. Football season is about to kick off. Finally, I am so ready for it. And FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you will get bonus bets for every single victory. And you can use those bonus bets on spreads, on player props, on over-unders. And there is so much more to offer on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That is FanDuel.com slash locked on. And if you're looking for some bets to make, Looking at the Saints, they host the Tennessee Titans in week one. I cover the Titans in Nashville. I'm a Saints fan. You're a Saints fan. The Saints are currently favored by three. Honestly, I'm taking the Saints minus three in that game. But that's my take. Do it how you want to do it and do it with FanDuel. 
All right, Brian, I mean, we've experienced massive changes throughout college football really in the last couple of years. I mean, the, the change transfer portal rule that you don't have to sit out after your first trans, first time transferring, NIL becoming legal, Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC. Summer of 2022, the following summer, USC and UCLA announced that they're leaving the Pac-12 to go to the Big Ten. After that, we were all just – it wasn't if, it was when – college football in the power five and college football as we know it was going to basically completely change. And that happened this past week. Oregon and Washington jumped ship from the Pac-12, head to the Big Ten, Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, Colorado, all headed to the Big 12. I mean, the power five is done for. The Pac-12 is dead. And we can think about all of the things, like how what that's going to affect the college football playoff, how we watch college football on Saturdays, how in the world are they going to you know, figure out all the logistics of travel? But what I want to know is how does this affect recruiting? Well, that is, you're about, let's see, how many pods have I done in the last two days? The fifth person maybe to ask me that? And it's a great question. I thought question. I was being unique. Well, sweetie, you're unique. <laughs> I can assure you of that, but. It's a question that nobody can answer completely yet. Uh, the good news for LSU fans, because the Tigers can recruit so much in-state, it's going to impact them arguably as little as any program in the nation. Mm -hmm. They're still in the SEC. Texas and Oklahoma, everybody knew, was coming to the league anyway, and that's the only two right. that they have no reason to expand. It's not going to impact them very much. However, the schools that are like – you and I were just laughing about what – I have no idea what the remaining – Pac-12 schools we're going to do, we're talking about off-air, those schools have no chance. I mean, I'm not picking – I mean, it wasn't like Washington State was beating LSU for recruits anyway, mm -hmm. but, I mean, they, they're going to be in the Mountain West. I mean, oh, seriously, okay. there's just no hope there. I mean, they're done. They are done. And it's a shame, but it is a dog-eat-dog -dog world. So LSU will benefit from everybody else falling down more than LSU will go up from it just solidifies the Southeastern Conference. Mm -hmm. LSU's at the top of the pecking order anyway. They'll be fine. Um, the only additional thing that this is something I'm curious to see, LSU's went outside their box a little bit in the last 10 years and got a California kid, et cetera. This also opens the door for more SEC recruiting out there because it's just a true open box situation. Why are you staying? You don't even have a conference out here. And it is flat out true. Right. So don't be surprised if, you know, some D lineman or whatever ends up at LSU that 20 years ago you would have never thought would have visited Death Valley. And I it's think we've kind of seen the writing on the wall. I mean, Bryce Young, he's from California, oh, went to Alabama, Nico Amaleava from California, coming to Tennessee. I mean, I don't, I think it, the writing's been on the wall for a while now of if you're one of the best players in the country, your best place is not on the West Coast. And I look, at, um, I look at Dakota Fields. He was a corner who committed to USC, flipped to Oregon whenever Oregon found their place in the Big Ten. I think that recruits are just going to follow wherever the most stability is. And I don't blame them in the slightest. I think that's what they should do. Well, these kids are looking for the easiest path to the NFL. The Big Ten now is similar to the SEC, at least in terms of the prestige, adding SC, obviously, Oregon. It helps them. They're not the SEC, but there's the next bike. A landslide, right. it's going to help those schools. Like Oregon has always had to recruit nationally anyway. This is going to help them now. They're going to be in the Midwest more. They'll be able to recruit down south more. They're one of the few that will gain from it. Yeah. 
But on the other side, they're the team they hate the most, Oregon State. It's over for the Beavs. Yeah, they're done. So I, I know a certain friend of yours may not like hearing that. Don't let him listen to this podcast. Oh, but I know. I think he knows it. Yeah, I'm I mean, kind of blatantly. What else could he think? I mean, they're going to be in the freaking Mountain West. I mean. At best. <laughs> the Oregon State Beavers, independent. I mean, <laughs> Doesn't carry the same kind of, kind of brand value as Notre Dame necessarily. Uh, uh, no. <laughs> it's just I not. Just, There's just only about five to ten schools that could be independent and at work. LSU's one of them because they can recruit so much in-state it would matter. Mm-hmm. But Oregon State is not one of those schools. So, yeah, you need to have a national recruiting brand or an elite in-state recruiting brand to be independent. The schools in the Pacific Northwest, they don't have that chance. And even like Stanford academically, I mean, it's ridiculous. So they need all the help they can get. I have no idea what you do. And the latest thing I saw was ACC? Cal- saw the ACC. I'm like, look, I'm just going to spit it out truthfully. There are no wine and cheese fests down here in the Southeast where you and I reside. And and I know you know this from traveling as much as you do. Right. San Francisco. I mean, it is a horrific fit. It's horrific. a different world. But LA to the Big Ten. I mean, like, there's yeah, no runzas in LA. You know, there's yeah. no avocado toast in Nebraska. It's and but I, I almost feel like as as comical as it sounds taking two schools from the Bay Area in the Pacific into the Atlantic Coastal Conference sounds so ridiculous and off the wall, but so does USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington to the Big Ten. So I guess any sort of geographical sense is completely thrown out the window. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Women's sports don't make the money, Mm -hmm. but even like LSU basketball, obviously women's basketball is tremendous. They just won a title. How do you do that if you're Oregon State? It'd be hard enough for LSU to travel and they just want to ring. You can't support like Olympic sports doing that, even with what LSU makes in football. How are you going to do that if you're Oregon State, if you're Stanford, et cetera? Mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine they would have the same scheduling that basketball and football would. That's the only I was talking to somebody else about that. That that might be the only way around this. Because you can't and have how a women's rowing team doing that. There's no way. How are you going to fund those trips? That's what I mean. Like an Oregon State, if you don't have the money coming in from football, there's no way. Well, even Stanford and Cal, if they did it, they'd mean a big. Just logistically, it's a nightmare. Academically, too. Financially, and just like, are we are forgetting that these are also students, and that these are 19 year old kids that have lives and classes and families that want to come watch them play. And if 100%. you're from the Bay Area and you're playing in Tallahassee, Florida, that's not yep. a really easy trip to go make. Football will figure it out. And these are all moves that are obviously made because of football, because football makes money. But I think that is one of the unintended consequences of putting the dollar really above everything else is what happens to swimming and diving? What happens to cross country? Do you make these moves just for football? It's a little bit too late for that. I have a feeling that because of Title IX, the women's sports may not change. There'll be a bunch more men's sports get cut. Right. I Probably mean, it's, so. there's no, and that's a shame. It, but there'll be schools that there's like track, baseball, basketball, football, men. There won't be anything else. It's a shame, but that's what happens when you get greedy. 100%. 100%.
and it's I we all see the writing on the wall. I don't like it. I don't like change. I don't I, I don't want anyone touching with my college football, but really at the end of the 100%. day, whenever I turn the phone on when, phone on, whenever I turn the TV on on a Saturday afternoon, it still feels the same. Yeah, I love the college football afternoon. I don't need a whole lot besides something to eat in the remote if I'm not covering a game that day, which is rare, unfortunately. But if I'm not covering something, I'm good. I'm good. It's pretty basic. Um, I, I'm not going to accept seeing on my screen ACC football, Stanford at NC State. That will never be accepted. I'm yeah, sorry. A, uh, a USC-UCLA in the Rose Bowl matchup on the Big Ten Network feels a little bit icky. Uh, I think I can live with it. And I don't know at what point that might change if it does change ever. But I think the most important thing is on a Saturday when you're watching a, a Georgia Florida matchup still feels like a classic Georgia Florida, no matter who else is in the conference or who else is getting paid. There's certain matchups. They don't, they don't have to mess with. That's the good news. Um, the sec schools, because they kind of at the top of the board, they'll probably stay the same. I, I'd be curious if Florida State or Clemson, if they could figure out a way, because the SEC makes the most money, mm-hmm. those would be the two they would want. The Miami situation is unique because the SEC coaches don't want them in because they don't want to deal with recruiting against them if they're in the SEC. But Very fair point. that'd be the only other one really they'd want. Maybe North Carolina, especially with basketball. Virginia but, Tech just adding in a new market. Yeah, they could. Maybe. But maybe, but. By and large, though, this the Pac-12 thing, it just it's weird talking about them. They like you said, I, I don't like USC in the Big Ten. That is really weird to me. It feels icky. It feels weird. But I know that there's plenty more changes to come. But Brian, appreciate you as always. You are the very best covering the latest in recruiting. So where can the people find your work? Sure. FB Scout underscore Florida on Twitter, on YouTube. Unfortunately, what we just talked about is the podcast I'm working on. I don't know how I'm going to do it yet, but it will eventually be on YouTube in the next few weeks. I'm just waiting. As soon as I do it, there'll be something else that happens. So I'm waiting at least another week or so, but that's the big one I'm working on. I hope that I have no new news because I'm a traditionalist like you, Caroline. That's the tough thing. You got to hurry up and get the content out before there's new news to cover. It's it's five minutes later, five minutes drinking from a fire hose. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Brian, appreciate you. We'll chat with you soon. All right, bud. Take care. Thanks, you too. Well, thanks for making Locked and LSU your first listen every single day. Coming up on tomorrow's podcast for all of you everydayers out there. All of a breakdown of the latest from training camp, what Brian Kelly has seen, what Brian Kelly has said. All of that coming up on tomorrow's edition of Locked and LSU.